With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare this is the lombardi line with former nfl executive michael lombardi now here is your host stormy bonatoni VSIN, the sports betting network. Welcome back into the Lombardi line, part of our VSIN and DraftKings Network Sunday pregame power up every Sunday during the NFL season. We got three shows, five hours, all you can eat game day prep. You start things out in the morning, 8 to 10 Eastern with the sweat, followed by us on the Lombardi line, and then getting you set Brent Musburger's countdown to kickoff, leading right up to those 1 o'clock Eastern time games. We are going along here, getting through every single game on this. NFL Week 11 slate alongside former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. I'm Stormy Tony, and no better way to start the hour, Michael, than talking about the Dallas Cowboys, the who Cowboys. are a, yeah, big, the Cowboys. a big favorite yet again today against Carolina. Yeah, and, you know, it looks so easy. The Cowboys are, you know, really playing well right now, defensively controlling the game. The offense has the ball for over 30. I mean, think about this, Stormy. You know, everybody made such a big deal about Kellen Moore getting fired or removing him. And, you know, the numbers, you know, in terms of the passing numbers, all that stuff. But here's what's going on, really, at the end of the day. The Cowboys have become the Eagles in the second quarter. Remember last year, the Eagles scored 204 points in the second quarter. Well, the Cowboys have scored 103 points after nine games in the second quarter. They're 177 and 55 ahead of the ahead for the half. They averaged 10.2 advantage at halftime. And what's really interesting is when you play less defense, which is what I talk about all the time, it's hard to play great defense in the NFL by the rules and the stupid pass interference calls that they make that we don't even know if they are there. Right, the Cowboys have played 83 less plays of defense than their offense. Okay, so they're playing a game less defensively. So what does that all translate to? Micah Parsons is healthy. Their defense is playing from in front. They can take what they do really well, which is rush the passer and extenuate that into that. So, and they're great on third down. They're the third best third down team and the second best and second best third down team in football on defense and the third best on offense. So they control the most critical down of the game. Now, all that being said, Stormy. They're going on the road. And this is where it gets a little iffy for you because the Cowboys are 2-3 and three on the road. They've been outscored 109-115. to 115. But you got to take a couple games and throw them out, right? So you take the 42-10 to 10 game in San Francisco, throw that over here. You take the 40 to nothing opener against the Giants, and you throw it over to the left. They've been outscored 59-73 to 73 in the remaining three road games. 
right? They've been, they've won one, they've lost two. They lose to they lose to the Cardinals. They gave up 412 yards, one turnover. Philly, they gave up 406. They turned it. They they got they created one turnover. The Chargers three point game they won. They cre- they gave up 342. So you want to fall in love with them and say it's great, but you got to be worried about the road. And I think we talked about this during the break. What is the road record for teams with uh, road teams over seven and a half? Road favorites of at least seven points, 0-8-1 ATS this season, and just 4-5 and five outright, which is pretty remarkable. The last time that there has been a team on the road as a double-digit favorite, it was this Dallas Cowboys team when they were in Arizona taking on the Cardinals and they lost that game outright in week three after outscoring both of the New York teams 70 to 10. So just keep that in mind for sure as you bet this. But what I will say, Michael, in defense of the Dallas Cowboys and giving a reason why they could cover this number, and this is not a bet that I have in pocket. I don't like especially that that extra hook too, but there's a lot of reason to believe that they could have success in this game because the Carolina Panthers thought that they were going to get some defensive help back this week in J.C. Horn and um, C.J. Henderson. Apparently not. Both of them unavailable today. Safety Xavier Woods also questionable today and outside linebacker Marquise Haynes, who they brought back last week, brought him back a little bit too soon. He's going to be out today. So a defense that I I will give Carolina credit for a no-name group based on who they've been able to field this year have played above what I thought that they would. But shorthanded yet again today is going to be tough against Dak Prescott in that offense. Yeah, and, and let me say this to you. And the word around the league, and this is just rumorish, is if things go bad in Carolina, it's going to go bad for Frank. One and done. And he's taken. Yeah, well, he's going to. Well, it could be bad for him in season. One and done. I mean, he's taken over the play calling. I think there is some dissension and some kind of lack of alignment within their building. Because remember, the, the owner has embarrassed. And whenever an owner gets embarrassed, things never good things happen. And he went all in on Bryce Young, had the first pick, and they took Bryce Young over C.J. Stroud, which I thought was the right thing to do. Because, you know, Bryce Young, I'm not still so sure he's not that bad. But this offense is bad. You know, and they go out and sign Miles Sanders and pay him over $6 million a year. His longest run on the season is 15 yards, right? I mean, that's his Gosh. longest run. he has played without any of what you would expect. They were better with Foreman last year. They were better with Chuba Hubbard last year. This offensive line is everything about their offense has gotten worse, has gotten, has gotten worse. And that's, and that's on Frank. That's on him. And if they get blown out today, 30 to 10, I, I think it's going to be trouble for Frank. I really do. Yeah, that, that offense averaging just 17 points per game, one and eight straight up, two and six against the number and bit a steady under team because of that as well. Um, let's go out to the NFC West, the Seattle Seahawks in L.A. taking on the Rams. Rams wow. with Matt Stafford back a two point favorite total, 46 and a half. L.A. Michael has covered six straight meetings with Seattle, including the playoffs. That is a, a pretty solid run against Pete Carroll, which you don't see every day. Yeah, and, and you know, look, McVay is 10-4 and four against the spread versus Pete Carroll. He's the most profitable coach a, a, against him. And so, you know, he knows them how to play. I liked him in week one of the season. Everybody laughed at me because I thought that. And, look, I laughed at myself, too, because it was 13-7 to seven at the half. And I thought, oh, my God, what a stupid pick that was, Lombardi. You know, however, the second half changed everything, right? The second half became – Everything about the Rams. They dominated the game. They were able to. They were able to control the football for for over tw- over 
over, over 25 minutes in the second half. In the second half, they had the ball for 24-54, and Seattle only had one first down the entire second half, and they dominated the game. The Rams ran the ball 40 times in that game. Now, they only had 92 yards rushing, but they kept running it, and they threw the ball without cup very effectively. Now they come home, and I think Seattle's a little bit overrated defensively, I don't think they're as good as they are. And when Stafford's healthy with these weapons and with McVay having a chance, I understand why this line has moved from the Rams getting three on Monday to now giving two on, I think it's two now, right? And aren't they a two-point favorite now? Yep, I see largely twos at DraftKings. We are at one and a half, so maybe there's been a little bit of buyback getting two on Seattle. But two is largely what I'm seeing so far. And, and to your earlier point about not only McVeigh against Seattle, but, but Pete Carroll in general against the NFC West hasn't been very great at covering. I mean, he's had a lot of success against San Francisco, oddly enough. Um, but one in five ATS is last six against the NFC West. Three and eight ATS is last 11 on the road against NFC West opponents. Um, let's go to the Seahawks opponent for next week. The 49ers are taking on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Another double-digit favorite in this one. We've seen this go from 10 all the way now to 13 and a half that the 49ers are laying. Michael coming off a big win last week against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, this one's, you know, I always try in these double-digit games, I try to figure out how the game, in my mind, how do they keep it close, right? And when the game opened up earlier in the week, I'm like, how does this happen? We know Baker Mayfield had a right thumb hit, hit a helmet in the fourth quarter. And he said it felt good. He was all fine. But we know that sometimes that's not always the case the next week, right? You know, and Carlton Davis, who didn't play in the game, he's, he, he may not play this week again, which is their best cover guy. I, I just think every time the Bucks go against a really good team, a really good team, they fold. And last week, Jacksonville, with Mike Caldwell as the defensive coordinator, is a protege of Todd Bowles. And so Todd's going to watch that tape, and he's going to watch what Bowles did, what, what Todd's going to watch what the 49ers did against him, and how does he stop them. And I think that's going to be hard. And then I look at the defense and say, okay, how do the Bucks score? They can't run the ball. They're the worst run team in the league. They, they're, they're 32nd in the league in terms of gaining yards on the ground. They try like hell. They just can't do it, right? 78.1 they, yards per game in, on, they can't on the run. Do it. So, so it's a 40-pass game. If it's a 40-pass game with Baker Mayfield against this team, how do they keep it close? That's what I keep saying. How, if it's a 40-pass game, how do they? if they can't run the ball with some way to slow the game down, how do they keep it close? And with Kyle basically taking – going from one week to the next, having a scrimmage against one team one week and a scrimmage against the same defense the next week, they'll only get better offensively. So I think that's why we're seeing all this line movement. On paper, it's hard for you to understand how the Bucks keep this game close. Now, if Brock Purdy turns the ball over and they fumble, I got that. But for consistency, how do they move the football? They got Mike Evans, I get that. Can they protect for Baker and can he throw it to him? Well, and I know that the 49ers secondary has had their issues, but if you're pressuring the quarterback and he's not able to get the ball out, then you can't even take advantage of that group that hasn't been great. So I I understand why the 49ers are favored the way that they are. I have no interest in laying it. You're not going to make a lot of money in the NFL if you're laying 13 and a half points. But I like San Francisco in this matchup. I think the way that they came out of the bye, healthy, resetting, recalibrating what they do. You bring Chase Young into the defense as well, just adding another piece to that core 
Um, yeah. I like everything that they've been able to do. And I, I, I personally, like as a fan and somebody who bet the 49ers season win total this year, that they're able to kind of use that as a launching point and take off for the rest of the year. Yeah, I, I do too. I like it. I mean, you can obviously see everybody else agrees with us, which makes you always nervous. Yeah. It was better earlier in the week, but this is where we are. And you, you worry about because of the Thursday night game, here's what you worry about. Same thing with Carolina too. And and, and I'm on Carolina in the 10 and a half because of the way, two reasons, the way the Cowboys play at home, on the road and because of the Thursday night confrontation where maybe they take guys out and you get backdoor covered, especially yeah. as this line goes way above 10. Nope, all, all sound arguments for sure. Total in this game, by the way, as well, 41 and a half. We're going to step aside, continuing to go through each and every game on this NFL slate when we return. A game that, based on the way the first five or six games of the season went, when you're looking ahead on the schedule, you say, oh, that's going to be a clunker. Might be one of the best games of the day. I'll tell you what that is when we come back. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. With the lowest prices for over 30 years, you'll always find what you love and love what you find at Total Wine and More. Please drink responsibly. Must be 21 and older. And you know what I love? A fun, exciting, likely competitive matchup in primetime. Sunday night football tonight, Michael. I am very weirdly excited for Vikings at Broncos coming up because you got Josh Dobbs, the pastronaut who has been a revelation, delivered back-to-back wins now for Minnesota, who's in the midst of a five-game win streak after a one-and-four start. Conversely, you have a Denver Broncos team that started their season one-and-five, and they've won three straight. Their defense looking completely different from the one that gave Gave up that 70-point clunker against the Miami Dolphins earlier this year. Three-point spread, Denver laying it total 42. 
Yeah, this is one of those games where the public is all over uh, the Den- all over the Vikings because of the love, and we know Kevin O'Connell has really gotten this thing turned around. And when you break the game down and you break what jo- Josh Dobbs has done, he's kind of done it with his feet a little bit, you know. And the he's been able to make yards. I think in the last two games, he's been able to scramble for 144 yards. And that's really made a difference because the Vikings can't really throw the foot, run the football. They struggle when they have to run the ball. But he's been able to make critical plays with his feet, which has gotten him into, which has gotten him out of some trouble. And he's done a good job. He's accurate with the ball. They do a wonderful job of play calling in Minnesota. But now, when you look at Denver, Denver has done a really good job the last five weeks in terms of understanding who they are. Right? They, they they're no longer interested in letting. Russ Cook. They're interested in letting the game reduce, try to play really good defense, try to limit what the opponent does, and turn the ball over, which they've done a great job. They've they forced eight eight turnovers in the last six weeks and, the, and two in the last two games. So this is a team that the Vikings want to play really good run defense. So the fifth best run defense in the league. And we know that the Denver Broncos want to run the ball. We know they want to run the ball. They're 30th in calling pass plays, 28th in yards gained. You know, but that's where they where they get in trouble is they fumble too much on offense. They're 30th in fumbles. So Sean's done a great job of managing the game. I think the under comes in play here because both teams, I think, will be very conservative. And I think ultimately this will be a run game on Denver's part, which will reduce the game. And ultimately, I think Dobbs will have to make some plays with his feet. And without Jefferson, he's going to have to throw the ball to Hawkinson and see if he can hold up. Yeah, th- this this Denver defense is so different from the one we saw earlier this season that ev- and was the punching lo- the punchline for everybody's jokes. The last four weeks, they have that home and home with Kansas City where they gave up 19 points and nine respectively in those two games, 17 to Green Bay, 22 to Buffalo. And you mentioned the takeaways. Turnovers have been a huge difference for them, especially after the first seven games of the season, having just seven overall in that area. But then you also have a Vikings defense on the other side that I want to make sure we give them a little bit of credit too, because during this five game win streak they're holding opposing quarterbacks Michael to an NFL low 31 QBR their second in takeaways in that time with 11 third in defensive efficiency yeah and in the last four games when they when you watch them play at home right they've only allowed 67 points 16.75 and they've forced 11 turnovers and they've given the ball away five times. So, yeah, they've come a long way, right? And both teams have come a long One of the things about Minnesota's defense, which I think people don't understand, is Brian Flores has done a great job. And what he is is think of defense as a baseball pitcher, right? So when you pitch in baseball, if you have a fastball, eventually the other team hits you, no matter how good your fastball is. If you have just a curveball, they'll hit you. If you have just a changeup, they hit you. You have to have three pitches to be a great pitcher in baseball. Well, in defense, you have to have three calls. You've got to be able to have man pressures. You've got to be able to have zone pressures. And you've got to be able to play zone. Now, you've got to build it off of man-to-man because zone teams, when they have to play man, don't play very well. But man teams, when they play zone, can. And so Flores lines up in a look, and he has them guessing, which one of the three are we getting? Door number one, door number two, or door number three? And if you guess wrong, he makes a play. 
and they've done a great job of really stopping teams. And they're, you know, you look at their numbers, they're 27th. You know, they're not really as good. The numbers don't indicate how good they are and how well they've played over the last five weeks. Michael, what's going to be most important for Russell Wilson? Because we talk about this three-game winning streak for them. He has really flipped the script. Six, six touchdowns, no interceptions in that time. And the QBR has gone up. The efficiency has gone up. He's top five in the NFL in a bulk of stats over this win streak. Yeah, I think at managing the game. I think that's what we're seeing from Sean. Sean just wants to manage the game. He's not interested in winning the stat sheets, right? He's interested in managing the game. And he wants to be able to reduce the game, keep his defense off the field as much as he possibly can, and capitalize on the opportunity to score points. Now, Will Lutz has only missed two field goals all season. You know, he started out slow, and he's been able to do it. He's not interested. Sean's not interested in trying to extend himself. He knows he's got liabilities, and he's managing around them. And Russell's done a nice job of getting him in the right run, of managing the game at the line of scrimmage, and not being, not trying to force things. Last week, Buffalo, for whatever reason, they never they never rushed, ru- rushed Russell down the middle. How many times did we watch that game where he flipped the ball yeah, to the running yeah. back as he stepped up in the pocket? When you play Russell Wilson, if you're not rushing down the middle, you're not doing any good. you you, you got to make him play like he's six feet tall, which is what he is. He's 5'11". And Buffalo didn't do that. Michael, I was screaming at my TV every time with the little flick of the wrist. I was like, can somebody stop him, please? Neither here nor there. I was doing a lot of screaming at the television when with Buffalo um, in general. And they are taking on the New York Jets this week, um, who obviously beat the Bills in overtime week one when Aaron Rodgers got injured. Elliot and I were talking a moment ago. There is a prop on DraftKings now. Only two to one, which how um but Aaron Rodgers one-way traffic to come back this season two to one will he won't he um but the Jets- why would he mm. why would he other than to say he's the only player to come back from I, I can't imagine he has the speed the quickness to be able to come back behind this offensive line which is bad which is bad and this offense is I mean this offense is historically bad I mean it's historically bad yes I'm not debating you on that one. And they are getting eight and a half points this week against Buffalo. Um, New York's won just three games since that season opener. Bills, meanwhile, lost four of the last six. Josh Allen had three turnovers in that Monday night loss against Denver. He leads the NFL in turnovers and interceptions, had three interceptions and a lost fumble in that week one game against the Jets. Uh, is, Is turnovers essentially what this game comes down to and who has less today? Yeah, I think so. And I think the Jets have to run the ball, right? The Jets have to be able to look, they can't. They're the worst team on third down offense. They're the worst team in terms of points scored. They can't make any plays, right? And they, and they don't want Wilson to participate in the game. I mean, they don't want Wilson to participate in the game. The best thing the Jets do offensively is they're fourth in the National Football League in yards per attempt running the football. The problem is they're 30th in attempts. They don't run it enough. You know, they don't run it enough. They need to run it. They need to be able to do what Sean is doing in New Orleans and in Denver in terms of trying to control the game. And they have a hard time doing that. You know, to me, if I'm the Jets, I just want to try to play the game, get in it. Because when you play Buffalo, Buffalo's in a nickel defense. So if you got a chance to run the ball, get in base, get in two tight ends, try to be physical and run the ball, reduce the game, get some desperation in the Bills' offense. I'm shocked this line is moving so much, but. I think it's I think it's the right movement because let's face it I mean I don't know I never understood this the Jets should have lost to the Giants with Tommy DeVito 
right? I mean, if if they don't if they don't send Graham Gano out there, the Jets would be on a three game losing streak, and this line probably would be at ten. Or if Buffalo had not had twelve men on the field, this line would have been at ten. Like those two instances have kept the line at seven most of the week. It's funny, Michael, when you said, um, you know, playing in their nickel defense, immediately my head went to, and they're playing dime when they know that the Broncos are going to kneel. So they're just like that. They're in dime defense on that. And McDermott's not catching it, and he fired his offensive coordinator, and he called timeout before the play. Like, that is as bad as the 13-second strategy. It's not. It's, now, I, f- I feel bad for Ken Dorsey to an extent because, like, it's not his fault that there were 12 men on the field. It's not his fault that the defense couldn't get a stop. It's not his fault that Josh Allen is turning over the football. Um, they are still. Can I have one more? Yeah. It's not his fault that the Bills defense gives up an average of 33 points in playoff games the last three playoff games. That's not his fault. And they're still top seven, eight in the NFL in total yards per game and points per game. So I don't think necessarily that Ken Dorsey was the problem, but I understand that heads got to roll when you're losing games the way you are and you got to find somebody that's not Sean McDermott. When you walked off that, when you turned your TV off on Monday night, did you say to yourself, Yep, I got it. That the biggest problem of that game was Dorsey. Like that, you know, they, this this is why Buffalo. No, when I turned that game off, I'm like typical Buffalo, game management and can't play defense when they need to. The call, the blitz zero call against uh, after they got him out of field goal range, was a killer. The blitz zero call was a killer. They they got the pass interference on Johnson. Johnson can't cover you or me one-on-one. But Sean's not firing himself. Had to fire somebody. Um, Fortunately for them, like you mentioned, the line movement up from six and a half point favorite to eight and a half. They're taking on a Jets team that will enter this game on a 36 straight possession run spanning 11 quarters without a touchdown. So there's that. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here's your host, Stormy Bonatoni on VSEN, the sports betting network. Starting Wednesday, all of our VEASAN hosts, writers, and analysts are competing in a week-long competition to see who's the best better at VEASAN. Follow all the bets and leaderboard at VEASAN.com or go to the DK Sportsbook app. Select social, then betting groups where you'll be able to join our bets giving group to follow the action. That is going to be a ton of fun. Really looking forward to it. By the way, Michael, where does where does Thanksgiving rank for you in like the holiday spectrum? For me, it's, it's I, number one, no-brainer. Yeah, me, me too. I love it. Uh, and, you know, it's Christmas Eve to me is, is, is really good. I love Christmas Eve more than Christmas Day because of the traditions that go into Christmas Eve and, and all that. Uh, I love the buildup the week before Christmas is always good. I love that too. But I think Thanksgiving is just the best of all. You know, you got football, you got food, you got family. You can't beat it. Unfortunately, you know, it's it's always sometimes hard working in the NFL to have all your family come together. But I, I, I it's clearly number one for me. And then Christmas Eve would be a close two. Yeah, I'm I'm with you there. Thanksgiving, the just the food and maybe we'll have to um, while we're ranking holidays this coming week, we'll have to rank our, our top five thanksgiving yeah. dishes as well um but you're gonna I have am, to have something italian on that dish you, you just can't well, you're not gonna just waltz out with just bird you what? gotta have some managot you gotta have something in there that makes it really to appreciate it you know because it's a long day of eating stormy you gotta pace yourself i you mean really you just, let's face it you got you know you got you got plus you got sandwiches at the end of the day and if you live in an area like i live in which is really good bread 
Those sandwiches are hard to beat. See, and this is how you know, Michael, that this is an all-Italian football show. We got Lombardi and we got Bonantoni on the desk here because my family, when I was a kid, we would do like a traditional Thanksgiving at one house and then we would all go over to my uncle's house at night for the Italian Thanksgiving and get all the ravioli and all that. Yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. So I'm excited for that. But since we're ranking things, let's get to your top 10 teams in the power rankings. Um, that's what we're going to do this final half an hour. We'll get Michael's top 10 in the NFL as well as top five quarterbacks bottom five quarterbacks and then in the final segment we're going to run the board get michael's leans opinions official plays on every single game but let's start with the top 10 teams in the nfl michael where kansas city remains your number one well they had to buy last week so that nothing could have happened to their numbers and their numbers are really good you know let's face it san francisco was so impressive with their win over jacksonville uh, you know that line stayed three all last week and it was never never close Philly is everybody keeps waiting for the demise of the Eagles and it just hasn't showed up I mean Dallas had opportunity first and first and five at the six and you know next thing you know they can't win that game Philly has a lot of Pittsburgh in them and the ability to win these close games they've been in a lot of them and they found a way to come out of them Baltimore I think they've shown a little bit of concern with their defense, the way Cleveland was able to run the ball. Cincinnati moved the ball on them. I mean, let's face it, before Burrow leaves the game, they're winning They're winning the game 10-7. You know, they moved the ball on them without, without T. Higgins. And so there is, but I still think Baltimore's a really good team. We'll see what happens now with Mark Andrews. The Cowboys' numbers are outstanding, right? They, they, they've dominated some teams as they did last week against the Bad Giants. And, you know, Cleveland is still good because of their defense. I mean, you know, what they've been able to do defensively is impressive. And, and even though they gave up a ton of yards to Baltimore, they were still able to find a way to make the key stops and turn the ball over in the fourth quarter. I think a riser, though, and, and it's not indicated in my top five, but it's Miami. Miami's defensive numbers are going to change dramatically here in the next nine games, nine weeks. They're really good on defense. I mean, they can rush the passer. Earlier in the season, they had a lot of guys hurt. They weren't playing as well. Howard was out. They didn't have Ramsey. The you know Holland wasn't playing at safety. Today, they're healthy on defense. They're healthy as much as they've ever been all season. I think their numbers are going to rise. I think they may become a little bit like Kansas City, more defensively than offensively. Because if McDaniel manages the game, and with our Chan back and with all the running game and the, what they can do, once they get the lead, they become a real dominant force. We also see the biggest mover up being the Cleveland Browns who go up eight spots in yeah. your in your power rankings. And you imagine how unfortunate that must be now that they lose their starting quarterback into Sean Watson. But clearly the defense has carried them to this point. So they move up eight spots. The Bengals, who, as you mentioned, without Joe Burrow now moving forward, they drop out of your top 10. And I was also surprised to see the Buffalo Bills, despite everything we just said about them in the last block, they actually move back into the top 10 for you. Yeah. Well, I mean, their numbers are good, right? I mean, they didn't do anything in the game to hurt their number. Their turnover numbers is what kills them. Their point, you know, I mean, look, let's face it. This team has won a lot of games. Josh Allen's 160. They've never been on a streak like they're on in terms of not covering. I think last week was the first time since 76 that they went five straight weeks without covering. You know, and when Buffalo plays good offensively and they and they make those explosive plays, it, we had Chris Sims on yesterday, Christopher Sims on, and you know he said it really well. It's it's either Josh makes an explosive play or they struggle, 
and they get the ball to Diggs. That's what they're going to have to do today. They're going to have to make those explosive plays to get this to get the lead. Because if you can get the lead on the Jets, you go up 14 nothing on the Jets with Zach Wilson, that game's over. Because they don't want Zach to participate, and Zach will make too many mistakes. Yeah, good luck. They're not going to rally. Phone is f- All these alerts are coming in, Stormy, on these games. We're getting so many inactives that are happening, which is really important. Fryermuth in Pittsburgh has been dressed, so that comes up there. That's important. You know, Fryermuth not playing for the Steelers kind of affects them a little bit because he's a really good pass receiver. And one of the things Pickett does well is throw the ball in the middle of the field, and he needs Fryermuth. Pickett, by the way, he's one of your bottom five quarterbacks. And I'm I'm yeah. going to give you the benefit of the doubt here, Michael, that we missed a copy-paste because I don't know how I didn't see Tommy DeVito's name in the bottom five. Yeah, well, <laughs> I think he's, if he's not in the bottom five, I didn't put him in the bottom five. I don't see him. I don't see him. I thought I had him at 28. He's 27th. I mean, you want to put him in there, go ahead. <laughs> I mean, you know, oh, I had him at 28. Yeah, I did. I had him at 28. So it must just be a copy-paste error then, because we have Pickett, Fields, Jones, Wilson, and DTR. Yeah, who did you have? At, at not who, would I, who am I missing? Tommy DeVito, baby. Oh, DeVito. Oh, yeah, I, that, that's true. Well, you know, I could have. He's thirty-three. I should have put him in there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's. A, yeah. yeah. After, after I, the last two weeks, you can't even put kid. him in there. I don't want to. I mean, do I need to really remind people that he's not an NFL? I mean, it's not fair to the kid. You're right. That was a that was a that was a complete mistake on my part. I should have probably, you know, moved him to thirty-three and just Max not playing this week, so I could have easily put him in there. But look, these guys. Justin Fields has got to play good. People say, well, he's got to play good over the next part of the season, you know, for them not to, to, to be concerned. I mean, they got to be able to, well, I mean, you know, like I've been saying at the beginning of the show, his ATS numbers are horrendous. That, that goes a long way into determining your quarterback. And I, I think Zach Wilson, the same thing. DTR, look, the, they've got to keep the game where he doesn't have to make a difficult choice on third down, you know, and I think that's going to be the key to the moment. When you look at Zach Wilson's third down numbers, Stormy, when the game heats up, he's 52% completion percentage on third down. Like he has a hard time making plays on third down and, you know, it it becomes really, really poor. And, And so they try to keep him out of it. You know, but he's thrown eight interceptions on throw down. He's taken 50 sacks. He's run for 13. The best thing he does on third down, he runs for 13 first downs. With uh, two of your bottom five quarterbacks playing against each other today and two good defenses on the other side of the field, I think that um, we're in for an interesting rock fight later on today. I think that's why we have that under so low, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's why that under is so low. damn low. Historically low. 33 points in that one for inquiring minds. Let's get to your top five quarterbacks here. You've got Patrick Mahomes at number one, followed by Jalen Hurts, Brock Purdy, CJ Stroud making his way into the top five, and yeah, Lamar Jackson. It. The last two weeks he does. I mean, look, here's the thing about Mahomes that I think people don't understand. 24 drops so far this season. Last year he had 33 in the entire year. Like, he's going to have to get – he's actually playing, and I I did these numbers last two weeks ago. He's playing better in terms of the accuracy of the football, location, eliminating bad throws. Now, they've turned it over too much, but they've had too many drops. They've got to clean that up. And, you know, they're going against the Philadelphia secondary that they should be able to move the ball if they can block them up front. If they block them up front, they'll move the ball on Philly. You know, Hertz will move the ball. I mean, Hertz doesn't run as much or try to run as much, but his deep throws have been very good. And A.J. Brown, for all the talk about Tyreek Hill, A.J. Brown's right there with him in terms of yards. 
everybody wants to dismiss Purdy, but when you look at all the numbers, EPA, what he's able to do, you know, that everybody wants to give credit to the receivers and no credit to him. Well, he's pretty accurate. Look at the first throw he makes to Ayuk and the touchdown against Jacksonville. It's a great throw. You know, Stroud's been great. I think Lamar is really good. I think he's throwing the ball well. They're 31st in passing attempts but yet they're ninth in the league in terms of yards per attempt. So that speaks to how well Lamar is throwing the football accurately down the field, getting it to these receivers. Lamar drives me insane because he is this MVP caliber caliber player with the fatal flaw of those late game turnovers. And so if he reigns that in, the Ravens are going to be magical down the stretch this season. And I mean, Brock Purdy too, you talk about him. How different is this 49ers team when he doesn't turn the football over, which is the norm for him. He doesn't normally, but during that three game skid, that was what we saw. And that was what ultimately broke the back of the 49ers during those games. Okay. It's our final commercial break of the show. And when we come back, we are going to hit on every single game, rapid fire, get Michael's opinions, get our bets, get our final plays, get excited, ladies and gentlemen. We'll be right back. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. In the NBA, the game can change in an instant, but no matter how the action unfolds, DraftKings Sportsbook has your back. This week, new customers can score $150 instantly in bonus bets just for betting five bucks on basketball. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the code VSIN, V-S-I-N. That's how you do it. The crown is yours. Alongside former NFL executive Michael Lombardi, Stormy Bond and Tony yep. with you. It is time to run the board. Rapid fire. We are going to go through each mm, and every game on this week 11 NFL slate starting with these 1 p.m. Eastern games Michael the Chicago Bears visiting the Detroit Lions an eight point spread in this one total 48 Justin Fields is starting what do you make of it you know I I think to me this is one of those where it needs to be a close game all the numbers say that 
it is going to be a blowout because of the way the Lions cover, the way the Bears don't cover. But I think because the Bears are finally 100% healthy defensively, I'll take the Bears in the eight. Uh, I don't love it, but I would take the Bears in the eight. I think it should be a close game. Partly because I do think when the Lions become one-dimensional, like they did against Tampa Bay earlier in the year, where they scored 20, they won 20 to six, but they had a hard time throwing. The, they had a hard time moving the ball consistently. I think if the Bears do that, they'll keep it. They'll keep it close and keep it within a touchdown. I similarly did not feel comfortable with the eight. I think that number is just a little bit too big, but I feel confident that the Lions are going to be able to win this game by at least a field goal. So I use this as a teaser play, maybe a good leg for anybody else out there interested. How about the Dallas Cowboys laying 11 points now, Michael? We are up to 11 on the road in Carolina. Total 43 and a half. I'm going to take the Panthers. I took them at 10 and a half on the Russo contest. I gave it out. 11 is obviously a better number. This is strictly a play on the number, strictly a play on the Cowboys not playing as well on the road, strictly a play on the fact that they've got the Thursday night game and there's the opportunity for a backdoor cover. And we mentioned this stat earlier, road favorites of at least seven points, 0-8-1 ATS this season. They're four and five outright. And the only double digit road favorite that we have seen was this Dallas Cowboys team against the Arizona Cardinals in week three. And we all remember how that one turned out. I, I, I understand where you're coming from there, liking Carolina in this spot. It is a numbers play, as they say. The Las Vegas Raiders, they are getting 14 points, even more in this spot in Miami, taking yeah. on the Dolphins. We know the Dolphins have had a lot of success against lesser than teams. The Raiders got fat and happy against the New York teams the last two weeks with back-to-back -back wins. A different animal, though, coming up today. Yeah, this one I think is going to be a hard one for the Raiders. I really do. I, I took it at Russo at 13 and a half. Uh, and typically I don't touch Raider games, but I was afraid he was going to take it and I was going to have to sit and watch the game and be mad at myself. So I did. Uh, I just think it's going to be hard. Aiden O'Connell against Vic Fangio. I don't like that matchup. I don't like the fact that the Raiders offensive line will struggle to block this really good front of Miami. I'm counting on Miami playing really well defensively, limiting the Raiders to maybe 13 points if they get that. And I do think that you'll see Miami move the football. They'll get their 30 points. They're very good at home. Remember, heat and humidity here now, too, right? Uh, you go into South Florida in November, uh, you know, late November, and you're not thinking the weather's going to be a factor. It will be. They'll be in those black jerseys. They'll tire out. And one thing about Mike McDaniel and this Miami offense, they don't take their foot off the gas. Yep. Tyreek Hill, obviously dynamic in the pass game. They get Devon Achan back this week, which is good because Mostert might be a little bit banged up here and the secondary getting healthy. So a lot of things coming up on the positive side for Miami. The Arizona Cardinals got a win with Kyler Murray last week. They're getting five and a half points today against the Houston Texans in Houston. CJ Stroud's been great the last two games. Can he keep it up? Well, I, I, I'm going to take the cards here in the five because I do think that the Cardinals have played teams well defensively, not numerically, but well. They've kept the game close into the fourth quarter. I think Murray will make some plays for them. I think he's kind of with James Conner back. I think he will. Plus, they have a sense of how to play this team. I, look, I think it's back and forth. I think it's a field goal game. C.J. Stroud is 0-3 as a favorite. He's 5-1 as a as an underdog. I think he's playing well. There's no question he'll move the football today. I just think 5.5 is a little bit too 
too much. I'll take that. I'll take the five and a half. You might ask yourself, how are the Washington Commanders laying eight points against anybody? Actually, now up to nine. Well, it's because they're facing the New York Giants who are injured and are using Tommy DeVito as their quarterback. Michael, total 39 in this one. I I don't trust Washington. If If I have to take anybody... I don't trust New York either. <laughs> I, I, I'll take so Washington, but don't listen to me on either one. I mean, I don't know what to do here. I don't like either team. I don't like Ron Rivera as a favorite, but I can't really say New York take the Giants with Tommy DeVito. I mean, they're going to run the ball and they're going to turn the ball over. I mean, that's what they'll do. You know, that's the hard part. It's it's hard to sit there on Sunday and root for a quarterback. Like when you when when the Browns played Arizona with Clayton Toon, you knew they weren't going to score any points. I do like that your at least gut reaction was leaning Washington because that is my dance partner with the Lions for my teaser today. My top teaser is Lions Commanders. Um, I brought it down from the eight and a half. So make sure you shop around and find the best number from that standpoint. All right. The Tennessee Titans taking on the Jacksonville Jaguars. Michael, the Jags were on a hot streak. They had won and covered in five straight, hit the bye and got knocked on their butts against the 49ers last week. Good opponent for them, though, in Tennessee at home, laying six and a half total 40 and a half was seven down to six and a half i'll take the titans i don't love it because i don't love levis he's trending in the wrong direction for me but these games typically will be close look last year when they went down there were josh dobbs at quarterback the titans and they gave him a hell of a game you know and i think and and that's when jacksonville was playing at their peak performance level so i think though these games typically divisional games will be close i'll just take the dog i'll take the number i don't love it though chargers a three-point road favorite in green bay total 44 what do you think well i got big daddy all day today of i mean course. if you want to if you want to experience negativity at the highest level 101 till four o'clock today in my living room you'll experience it like no other uh, i'll take the chargers here because i think they have to throw the ball to win I think the Packers have a hard time completing passes. The lowest completion percentage of any quarterback in the league is Jordan Love. I'll go with Gree. I'll take the Chargers and lay the three. Pittsburgh in Cleveland, a big division game. DTR starting for the Browns, lane two. I'm going to take Pittsburgh. I mean, look, when it's ugly, you take Pittsburgh. When it's low scoring, you take Pittsburgh. When Pittsburgh's getting points as a dog, you take Pittsburgh. When Pittsburgh plays against no quarterback, you take Pittsburgh. Like, I'm just going to take Pittsburgh. Look, let's be clear here. Pittsburgh has not finished behind the Browns in the standing since 1989. Since 1989, they've been dominating the series. Steelers outgained in every single game, yet six and three on the season. So why not continue to back them? Uh, let's get to the afternoon slate. The San Francisco 49ers laying 13 and a half total 41 and a half against Tampa. Yeah, I, I'm going to take I think the numbers moving a little too far. I'm going to use the same logic I used on Carolina. I think that San Francisco will get the lead. I do think because of the weapons that the Bucks have, they can keep it a closer game. Uh, and I'll take the points. It's moving so far at 13 and a half. I think Kyle's got to call off the dogs at some point to get ready for Seattle on Thanksgiving night. A couple turnover prone teams going head to head in Buffalo. Bills laying eight and a half against the Jets. Total 39. I'm going to take the premise that Josh Allen, when he wins, he covers more than by seven in these games. I, I, I liked it at seven. I really did. 
uh, eight and a half. So it seems like a little lot to me, but the games have a tendency to slip away. Uh, I'll take Buffalo, but to me, once it got crossed to eight, I think you had to consider the Jets just because they play good defense against Buffalo. But Buffalo needs to play this one really well for four quarters. They need to show people that they're a better team. I don't think they are a better team, but they need to kind of demonstrate that. And if it gets bad for the Jets, they can't seem to recover because their offense can't recover. I mean, the Chargers went into the Meadowlands and dominated the game with no offense. Matthew Stafford back for the Rams, who have covered in six straight meetings with the Seattle Seahawks. They're laying one and a half, two points, depending on where you get it. Total 46 and a half. I took this in the Russo contest. I was getting a point. So obviously that that's long gone. I like the Rams here. I think McVay off a bye, Stafford healthy, his team 100% healthy. I think they'll play well today. Two teams turning around their seasons. The Vikings and Broncos Sunday night football. Denver laying three at home. Total 42. You know, everybody loves Denver in this one, and I like Denver in this game, too. I think Denver will be really good at home. I think they've gotten their home streak back. Typically, they started the season losing two in a row at home to to Las Vegas and to Washington. I think I think I liked it at two and a half. Three could be a push game. I think it'll be a close game. I'll take Denver. Ooh, we're at odds on that one, Michael. I think I might be rocking with the Vikings and the Pastronaut to cover the three-point spread in this one, but we shall see. Either way, I feel like it's going to be close. Your official plays, though, again, just to recap, Carolina taking the points, plus 10.5, 11. Make sure you shop around, get the best number. Miami laying 13, 13.5, depending, once again, where you can get it, and the Cardinals getting 5.5 points. You also mentioned the Rams, who you got one, and this was an official play that we posted on vcin.com earlier this week on Friday. So a reminder, you want to make sure that you're getting those best bets emails and you're following us at vcin.com. Great stuff. As always, Michael, you are the man. Good luck with Thank your you, plays. Stormy. Enjoy Let's it. Have some fun. Get a today. little nap in early. Get a yeah. little nap in early. Be ready for the four o'clock. Watch your Buffalo Bills. You know, get ready for that. Uh, my hope, my goal is to wake up during the witching hour. Be ready to go. <laughs> oh, yeah. See you Where tomorrow. wins become losses. I don't know what that means. <laughs> At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.